Hello everyone and welcome to another issue of Kane and Rince. Uh, in this issue, we will be covering Dino Crisis. Uh, but before we get on to that, play along with the show. Um, upcoming issues include Prey, the 2006 version. We'll be covering uh, the uh, the other arcane uh, version of Prey at a later date. Um, Inside, Dyad, Pilot Wings 64, and Observer. Please head over to canerince.com to see other upcoming issues that we all have. Um, you can also catch up with our massive back cat- catalogue of issues covering all sorts of games. Um, if you feel like giving something back to the podcast, head over to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash canerince. Um, as little as a dollar a month, that's 68p for the in- English pe- uh, British people out there. And uh, uh, 88, uh, 0.88 euros um, for the uh, mainlanders uh, in our listenership. Um, and you'll get access to um, behind, you know, other podcasts such as Leon and Jay kind of doing a monthly chat about what they've been playing and what the state of Cane and Rinse is. You'll get early access to uh, issues of Cane and Rinse um, and also uh, limited exclusivity on our console specials um we've got quite a big network with um uh, a number of podcasts now um alongside Kane and Rince, we've got sound of play on wednesdays uh playwright on thursdays and the sausage factory on fridays all of which are worth a listen um check those out and of course you can subscribe review and rate us on itunes or your preferred podcast app of choice um, we're even on Spotify, um, and all of that really helps us out. Um, we also have streams. Um, you'll find us uh, on Twitch at 8 o'clock uh, UK time and uh, you, and on YouTube on Sundays. Um, at the moment, uh, we've also got HMS Cana uh, Rinse on Thursdays uh, with uh, Sea of Thieves nonsense with uh, Chris and Darren. Joining me, Joshua Garrity in Issue 376 are Charlotte Cutts. Hello. John Salmon. Hello. And uh, a guest for this issue, uh, Maria Roberts. Hello. Uh, Maria, you did a fantastic uh, video analysis of uh, Dino Crisis. Um, If the listeners at home want to check that out before continuing with this (laughs) podcast... Um, go over to channel Eurofug uh, Euro 4000 and uh, check out uh, Maria's uh, Dino Crisis video. It's a really great watch and helped inform some of my notes on this, uh, on this recording. Oh, thank but, you. Uh, so, Dino Crisis. Uh, Dino Crisis is a survival horror title released in uh, 1999. It was uh, developed by Capcom Production Studio 4, published by Capcom. Director and producer, Shinji Mikami. I feel like he needs no introduction, um, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. <laughs> uh, he uh, he uh, was in charge of basically creating uh, the Resident Evil series, uh, an important figure with the original Resident Evil, uh, the Resident Evil remake released on the GameCube, uh, Resident Evil 4, praise be unto thee, um, and uh, and many other titles like Vanquish, 
uh, God Hand, the Evil Within, etc., etc., etc. He has quite the impressive uh, CV. Uh, this was released on the original PlayStation in Japan in July of 1999, in North America of August 1999, and then late to Europe in October 1999. There was also a Dreamcast version released in 2000 um, in the winter of that year um, in all territories. Um, and there's also a Windows version that was not released in Japan, but was released in Europe, September 2000, and December in North America. Um, the reviews, um, according to Games, Rank, uh, Games Rankings um, for the PlayStation version, around 84% average. Um, and th this is one of those 84% where generally most of the critics were at that level. It wasn't like... A, uh, the case that you have where people are like nines and then fives, which and then averages out at like seven or eight. Um, generally, people were, you know, moderately positive about the about this title uh, with the original PlayStation release. Um, the Dreamcast version slightly more critical, seventy two percent, and then the PC version um, at sixty one percent. So still positive for all three platforms, but it feels like the PlayStation version was the most positively received. On the sales end, um, this game did very well, um, at least by the standards of the, the PlayStation 1 era. Um, so according to VG Chart, so take that with a pinch of salt. Um, it, 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 the accuracy of that, that site can vary wildly, but um, the PS1 version sold roughly 2.4 million units, which is very nice. Um, uh, I couldn't find uh, data for the other devices, so the uh, digital PS3 re-release uh, re of the PS1 original and the Dreamcast and PC version, um, but I imagine they probably didn't sell as well as the initial PS1 release. Um, but, you know, let's say we're talking roughly 3 million units there, so that's pretty impressive. You get the impression as a collector that the PC version might have not had a particularly large print run because the uh, the big box PC version of it that I've looked at on eBay and tried to buy is quite expensive compared yeah. to other PC games. It's about £30, £40 pounds to get hold of a decent copy, which is it suggests that it might either be you know very sought after, which it's probably not, or didn't have very many copies made in the first place. I mean, honestly... 30 40 quid for a pc version that hasn't come out on steam or or anywhere else that's actually pretty cheap when you think about how much the pc version of silent hill 2 is going mm. for these days yeah. so, so i'm going to issue a spoiler warning here i'll be honest and this is just my opinion i don't think the plot of dino crisis is necessarily the most uh the most compelling thing in the world, but if you do, uh, if you are concerned um, uh, about uh, story spoilers for Dino Crisis, please turn off the podcast now. Come back to us when you're all caught up. Um, let's uh, talk about our histories with uh, this particular game. I'm going to start with John. Oh, okay. Um, I uh, have not got a particularly good memory in general so i actually i thought 
when I signed up to do the podcast or, you know, signed up on the sheet as I've played this game and I've enjoyed it in the past and then was put down for it, I was under the impression that I had played this back in the PS1 days. I never had my own PS1, but um, my younger brother had one and there were various games that I played on his PS1 and I could have sworn blind that I'd played all the way through Dino Crisis. Um, I thought I had a friend who lent me a disc copy of it and I played it. And then I started playing the game maybe six weeks ago to prepare for the podcast. And I had fairly strong memories as I was playing through about the opening hour. And then after that, just completely dropped off. So there's a possibility that I either only played the demo or borrowed it and didn't play that much of it. I'm fairly sure it would have had a demo at some point. I do definitely remember playing some of that opening sequence, but if we're talking, yeah, like 18, 19 years ago, so there's a good chance I didn't ever get through it. But um, for all intents and purposes, I played it again or played it for the first time possibly um, over the course of the last few weeks. Um, Frankly, had a pretty bad time with the setup that I had because I don't have don't have a ps3 i have a ps1 copy of it but um only have a slim ps2 which i found didn't have the connections to hook up to my modern tv so i had to dig out an old uh an old lcd tv that i've been keeping for i guess this sort of reason um and i don't have anywhere to put it so it ended up on a chair in my bedroom so I could only play it either sitting or lying on my bed. And it was just just the, the nothing against the game, but just the process of actually getting to sit down and play on this PS2, which was then hooked up with a AV cable into a SCART adapter into the back of a TV from 2014 or something. And it looked shockingly bad. Like you could, I don't know whether it's just the fact that the SCART is bad or that the PS2 emulating a PS1 game onto a TV that's 15 years newer than the system was bad. But, uh, you know, I watched various videos, like Maria's video, and I was like, oh my God, you can actually see what these people's faces look like. Gail just kind of looked like a skull. Like, it was just kind of a white <laughs> blob of a face without any real features on it. And I, I will talk about later, but I unlocked some extra costumes at the end of the game and tried to, tried to play the opening again to see what the costume was. And there was one of them, I was just like... Well, it kind of looks like a red version of her regular costume, but I feel like I'm missing something here. Like, there must be more to it. It's just the visual fidelity was so bad. But I played through it, and it was fun. I enjoyed the game. It was just a chore. So, yeah, I think I need a PS3 if I'm going to play it again. <laughs> good. That's important context for what you're about to, about to talk about. So that's good. For sure. Charlotte. So I was seven when Dino Crisis came out in the UK. So needless to say, I didn't play it at the time. I do remember, so I was a little bit surprised to hear when I was researching Dino Crisis for this episode that a lot of people think that Dino Crisis sort of blended into the background and sort of didn't get the attention it deserved. Whereas for me, just as this kid who had no idea about games media when I was seven and just my knowledge of these types of games was that my dad would go to HMV to look at records and he would just plonk me in the game section for 20 minutes and let me just read the backs of games for, you know, all these inappropriate games that I shouldn't have had access to. I was just reading the, the back covers and just getting terrified of the images on the front. And the three games I remember strongly from that time are Dino Crisis, um, Parasite Eve 2, 
and Resident Evil 3, just looking at those like back covers and just being horrified at what I was seeing. So I had a strong memory of Dino Crisis and when it came round to um, the list of what we were doing for Kane and Rins getting published, um, I'd put myself down as an orange because I, I really, I remembered my, um, my encounter with Dino Crisis as a child and I, I did want to play it now that I'm an adult and also to see what um, a horror game on the PS1 is like that's not about zombies because I still have this um, irrational fear of zombies for some reason. So Resident Evil is still a bit of a stumbling block for me sometimes, but dinosaurs aren't. So when the list came out and it was um, official that I was going to be doing Dino Crisis, I was really excited because I wanted to try a horror game that w I wouldn't be put off right away because it had zombies in it and see whether it held up and whether I was still scared. Um, as as we'll find out when I talk about the game, I was really scared. <laughs> like even though the the game has in many respects aged badly, as I'm sure we'll we'll talk about, I was still really tense and scared playing the game, which I think is the main thing. Maria, yeah. So I first played this game at the start of this year, um, about twenty years late, but it's it's fine. Um, I've been trying to catch up on PS One games because I didn't own a PlayStation console when I was younger. So Dino Crisis was what was recommended to me by Google. I did use a HDMI converter on my PS2 during my playthrough, so maybe that helped me find it less outdated. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed my experience with Dino Crisis, even in 2019. I didn't find it to be that bad at all, to be honest. Cool. So my relationship with Dino Crisis... So I was nine uh, when... <laughs> Dino Crisis came out. So a little bit older than you, Charlotte, but not much. Um, and uh, my dad actually bought Dino Crisis with the PS1 because he thought, oh, dinosaurs, what, how bad can it be? Let, let's give that to the kids. And then he, we played through together the opening section. And, you know, credit to my dad. He did play through games with us. It wasn't just a case of, like, plonking us in the playroom and letting us do do what we want like he actually made sure that he was kind of keeping an eye on what we were watching and he saw the opening sequence and thought maybe not appropriate for for the uh nine and uh, eight year old that i'm trying to raise at the moment maybe a later date um so i i have this memory of the intro of dino crisis burned into my mind but i'd never gone back to it for ages and ages and you know now um as an adult i i've been through the uh i've been through the series that most heavily inspired this um resident evil um and i it's resident evil is one of my favorite series uh, of, of all time i i right. just absolutely adore most of the entries in that series maybe not 5 and 6 but like yes. um um like pretty much i i think it's one of the strongest series um out there and so when I, you know, Dino Crisis was just on the traffic lights, I'm like, this, this sounds like my jam. Like it's, it's classic tank control survival horror. Um, I, I just love that, and I've never played this before. And it's the kind of game where Kane and Rince is kind of perfect because having that deadline to motivate you through an experience when all the new shiny things are distracting you. Um, it was it was great. So I, I I put it forward as the suggestion for this volume. Um, 
and um, I played it, played it on PS3, um, the uh, P- PS1 emulated download thingy. Um, I played it on normal mode, and um, I had a really pleasant time with it. I'll go into the details of it in a in a bit. I agree with what Charlotte's saying in terms of it's aged, um, but there are things about it that I think are timeless, and I will go mm. into that as we. Uh, as we go into the the uh, meat of the conversation, hmm. um, so let's talk about the uh, scenario and setting. But b- before we uh, delve into that, um, I just want to read out this uh, forum post from one of our contributors. So, Dusk versus Tweak says dinosaurs are weirdly underrepresented in the video game world, which is one of the reasons Dino Crisis is such a gem for me. Gameplay-wise, it has the reputation of a Resident Evil knockoff, but I would love to see more popular game but with dinosaurs knockoffs. And in all honesty, I don't remember too much about the gameplay aside from running from velociraptors or putting two ends of a green pipe together, but the tone and the setting had me and inspired me to run my own Dino Crisis knockoff tabletop game with friends. Being alone on a jungle island, knowing every sound outside and in is most likely a dinosaur waiting to devour me was scary. And at the time, a fast raptor felt scarier than a lumbering zombie. I wish there were more dinosaur types. The game mostly just sticks to the raptors, which gets a bit monotonous, but at least the T-Rex is there to shake things up. This is a game that I wish had a healthier series lifespan, and I would love for a full-blown sequel these days. Regina seemed like a strong enough character to carry a franchise, even if her teammates seemed like dweebs. The PS1 game might be a bit rough around the edges, but for my own warm memories, I'm glad this game decided to steal from Resident Evil, but with dinosaurs. You get the feeling we'll hear the phrase Resident Evil with dinosaurs <laughs> quite a few times yeah, throughout. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to start with that post simply because, yeah, that's the premise um, in a lot of ways. Um, You've got Shinji Mikami as the head of the team. He's the legend behind Resident Evil as a series. And um, even some of the the terminology is borrowed from Jurassic Park. So um, one thing I always like to point out, because I'm a massive dinosaur nerd, um, and uh, people get really annoyed and tired with me constantly pointing it out, um, is that obviously the Velociraptors aren't actually Velociraptors. Uh, Velociraptors in real life are the size of chickens. Um, these are based on either the Utah Raptor or Deinonychus. Um, so Dino Crisis is very much uh, continuing that miscategorization uh, of uh, dinosaurs that Jurassic Park started. Um, uh other things that um, I think are important to talk about is the way the, the team um, approached this game in terms of the philosophy. So Resident Evil was survival horror. Um, Shinji Mikami, in various interviews, uh, dubbed this game as panic horror, which was meant to um, convey the more action-focused, more reactionary nature of the gameplay this wasn't so much a slow building terror as much as, oh my God, there's a dinosaur in front of me, run, run, run away. 
Um, and everything about the design is about creating panic rather than dread, which is what the Resident Evil series was specializing in. Um, so, like, how, what's everyone's relationship with Resident Evil and Jurassic Park, given that these are the these are the two kind of main focal points for this for this uh, game? I am an absolutely huge Resident Evil fan. Um... And I had played, well, considering that it's possible I only played this for the first time about six weeks ago, I've played basically all of the Resident Evil games, many of them multiple times over. Um, so it's, I, I can understand why I thought I might have played this back then. I'm sure I would have been very interested in it at the time. But um, yeah, I, I had a weird thing where I think going into this, I expected it to be more like Resident Evil. And I wasn't really disappointed, but it it had more, not really subtle differences, but more just things that were, I don't, I don't know how to, in some ways it felt like it was maybe even a bit of a step backwards, or you could understand if this had come out before Resident Evil, and then maybe Resident Evil had built on it. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting that the um, the health system that you've always had in Resident Evil, where you've got the little like line you know what is that thing called oh like a you heart mean the, the, the yeah you have the little thing and it tells you like fine or caution or danger but in in dino crisis you don't have any any indication other than how regina is physically acting and looking and in some ways like i say i feel that 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 seems like it was an omission from here but then at the other, on the other hand, all of the sort of door opening scenes and stair climbing scenes, instead of in Resident Evil, I guess one, two, three, most of the early ones, probably before four, you just saw the door open and it was as if you were going in first person mode through the door or up the flight of stairs or whatever. Whereas in Dino Crisis, you actually see Regina every time going through the door. And if you're injured or bleeding, it's obvious in the little animation of her you know, it's almost a little cutscene of her climbing the stairs or whatever. So it sort of felt like a, a step back, but also a step forwards at the same time. And the similarly with Resident Evil, where you're talking about panic horror and um, Resident Evil being like a slow building thing, I guess not remembering anything about this when I started it, I didn't expect you to immediately be thrown straight up against... Uh, should we call them Velociraptors? I'm not sure if the game yeah, even calls them they're Velociraptors. Called Veloc they're called Velociraptors in the game. Oh, that's they do? Just, they that's do just actually say that? Velociraptors. Okay, fine. I only like <laughs> to point that out to be a massive ass. Um, that's fine. That's your prerogative, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like you, the first enemy you come up against is a Velociraptor who, okay, granted, you can run away from it as you can run away from almost every enemy in every survival horror game that I've ever played. But if you if you stand and fight it, it kills you with almost no effort at all and will take up virtually all of the ammunition that you've got at that point in the game to take it down. So I, I guess I was expecting that maybe they'd start off with smaller dinosaurs and you'd fight through things that would only take a few shots to kill. And then like the Velociraptors would be, you know, like the hunters in Resident Evil where they come in part way through and they're much more dangerous than anything that you've seen before that. Um, and I guess I figured, oh, well, the T-Rex is probably going to be sort of akin to a nemesis or the um, the Mr. X tyrant in the, the recent Resident Evil 2 remake. So I, I think 
it's it's got the Resident Evil DNA in an incredibly obvious manner, but it subverted it against my expectations in quite a few ways that I was actually, you know, really um, really satisfied with. Uh, same again, like there's there seems to be more focus on puzzles, like more of them and more difficult puzzles than you have in the Resident Evil games and sections where you could you got to make what in some cases felt like a morality choice between sort of dialogue option characters saying do this or do that and in some cases it was very clearly a choice of do you fancy doing a puzzle that's a bit more difficult or do you fancy doing some more combat sequences and it all yeah it it expanded on I guess my expectation was it's Resident Evil with dinosaurs. So I was I was very pleasantly surprised that it was more than that probably slightly cliched, overused uh, term for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of dinosaur films or um, TV shows about, like, there was that big craze for walking with dinosaurs when I was a kid, which made was like, oh, wow, it's like you're... Walk, literally, it's like you're walking with dinosaurs was, was the whole premise of that. Um, it's never interested me too much, but I wouldn't say I, it completely bores me. Um, Resident Evil, I'm really fascinated by the series, but I just can't bring myself to play a lot of them because I'm just, I, when I say I'm irrash- I have an irrational fear of zombies, it's not like in the sense of I can play the game and have a, a manageable level of fear. It's to the extent where I'm not sure I can even play the game. So um, I'm still working on that. And so actually Dino Crisis did fit into this slot for me where it's like, I don't find dinosaurs that scary, uh, but I do want to play something that's like Resident Evil, like the original Resident Evil. Um, mm. So it, it that was why I was really excited to play this was because I knew it was something that approximated the style of Resident Evil without me having to sit there and torture myself with something like Resident Evil 2. Yeah, and also... I'd heard that it had elements that were like Resident Evil 3, like the whole morality choice thing. And I guess I was a little bit disappointed because when I'd heard that it had this system, I was expecting it to be like as I'd seen in Resident Evil Let's Plays where um, you actually have to make the decision under time pressure. Otherwise, I think it decides for you. Whereas in Dino Crisis, you could let that controller just sit there and decide which one, to, as far as I could tell, decide which one to pick for like two hours. So I guess I saw elements of things that I'd seen from watching other people play Resident Evil 3 and even the original one, but it did it did sort of subvert my expectations as well. Just like you, I don't really have a connected relationship with like dinosaur films and TV shows. I have seen Jurassic Park um, and a few of the other films, but I was never really that into it, nor do I remember them that well. But um yeah, I mean, Dino Crisis in terms of, um, you know, it's Resident Evil DNA. I think it's interesting because the setting itself feels a lot more like an action film rather than mm. something that's supposed to be super scary. It does have scary elements, um, which I think is done through certain details in the environment um, and the music especially. That That's a big one as well. But um, I, I, I really love this game personally. I, I think it was interesting you mentioned like a, an action movie influence because one of the, the films that I think is less obvious that this game draws from um, is Aliens. Like it has like that feeling of they're going to send the Marines into a horrible situation and they're going to think they've got it under control, but then everything goes wrong. So 
that I definitely agree with you that there's some action movie DNA in there, some James Cameron-ness um, to the proceedings, um, which does make it uh, different from the, the stuff that Shinji Mikami's done in the past. Even though Resident Evil kind of moved more and more towards an action kind of feel as the series went on, um, I still think its its roots are very much in um, kind of that horror aesthetic, whereas there there is some kind of like sci-fi action stuff going on here. So the story of Dino Crisis, you start out as a member of the secret operation raid team called SORT. Need to work on that name. Um, and they head over to the Ibis Island Research Facility um, where a uh, group of scientists are researching third energy uh, because fossil fuels and nuclear energy are the first and second energies, apparently. Um, we're going to ignore the fact that fossil fuels break down into... Anyway, no, never mind. It's the third energy. Um, and uh, due to the experimentation with third energy, um, dinosaurs have been displaced in time. Um, creatures that were at that... <laughs> were uh, in this in this location millions of years ago are suddenly popping up uh, in modern day. Um, you play as Regina, joined by Rick and Gail. Um, other characters inco- include the uh, uh, the very cackling evil uh, Edward Kirk, Doctor Kirk, Tom, and Cooper, who uh, d- d- didn't have a nice time during this game. Cooper barely barely makes a showing at all just kind of pops up and then gets eaten by a t-rex which is great for him um so let, let's talk a little bit about this cast of um characters um maria like how do you feel about regina for example um i personally really like regina because in other survival horror games like i don't know take haunting grounds for example um, the main protagonist in that is quite vulnerable. So to see such a strong female lead, is it, it's nice and refreshing. Um, you see that in Resident Evil anyway, but especially with Regina, she's so stoic. And she's just perfect for like that kind of military operation. Um, and <laughs> there's one funny part where there's like, um, there's like a dead body on the floor and she literally walks over she looks at it and then she's like, "That's disgusting," and then it just ends. That that that's it. That's the line. Um, so yeah, I found it quite funny, especially with like the facial expressions. They're just pretty blank. There's no animations, um, so it it just kind of makes it a bit more comedic. Although maybe that's not what's intended. Yeah, I think it's it's quite cool to have Regina being. Um, I, I mean, as you say, the the various other Resident Evil games even before this had had really strong female characters at the same time mm. but she's kind of she's sassy and sarcastic um, and she doesn't take any guff from Gail who's clearly like their little group of three he's like the Wesker kind of you know dick guy basically and then Rick's like kind of a young comic relief who barely does any like fighting or anything like that so Regina's she kind of seems like the capable one out of them who's not just, you know, some gruff old white dude. I mean, on a on a sort of comparison level, a lot of the writing and the dialogue is not 
that much better than some of the sort of the uber cheesiness of the original Resident Evil. But there were definitely some lines and stuff in there that you're like, oh, that's that's kind of on that same level as the Jill sandwiches and things. <laughs> when it comes to like Regina, I was I was pretty pleased with her as a character. Um, I I honestly I could nitpick and say things like, yeah, her outfit was not super sexualized but at the same time it was quite sheer and when she went through doors her bum shimmied a little bit too much but really like for that that. era (laughs) you've got to you've got to kind of like realize that back in that era that was actually pretty progressive so I feel like maybe that's that's kind of nitpicking a little bit I have to say I really enjoyed like the ending that I got she knocked Gail out and I was very happy to watch (laughs) watch her just like knock this meathead guy clean unconscious so it was good to see um so because I, I haven't played um much of the original resident evil games myself i can't really speak to what jill and claire are like in those games but i get the impression that capcom in general were one of the you know better um game producers for depicting strong female characters maybe with their outfit choices in resident evil were not so good but yeah I I actually like Regina quite a lot, even with the the stuff that Charlotte brought up with the costume stuff. That stuff I kind of place on on the decade that this game came out. It, it's the nineties. the The conversation hasn't quite got there yet. Um, we're still at we're still at you know women even having agency in stories, and for that, like Dino Crisis is actually pretty progressive. And but yeah, I her personality. It's great. Like I, I kind of like that she's sort of detached from all the violence that's going on because she's a soldier, like she would be. Like that, that famous moment that uh, both um, you, you, everyone basically has brought up. Um, the uh, that's disgusting moment. Um, it's great as for me as like a, a comedy beat because the timing is so perfect where the, the camera <laughs> zooms in. The music just in, is just like this is a horrific moment, and then it cuts to cuts to her. And in any other game or any other movie, it'd be like, "Oh my god, what's happened?" And she's just like, "Well, that's that's not great, is it?" <laughs> just the complete <laughs> apathy. It's like, "Wow, okay, that's that's hilarious." And but also, it's appropriate because it tells you a lot that she's experienced, that she's probably seen combat before she knows what you know she knows what how to you know keep it cool under intense situations generally she's like a good like charismatic lead and i i agree with um our contri- you know our contributor up top who said that she feels like a great fit to lead a franchise and it's a real shame that she only really gets one more entry after this before uh, before she uh, she gets sidelined the rest of the cast I can take or leave. Gail is very much filling in the Wesker, but not actually evil like Wesker is role. Um, but he's not as interesting as Wesker. He hasn't got the Agent Smith look going on. He's just kind of a generic soldier, white man. Rick very much feels like he's the side character in a Die Hard movie. Uh, and I mean that as a negative. And uh, Kirk, it just, what is that character? Oh, just... He's like a Dark Souls character. I didn't think we'd actually mention Dark Souls in this. <laughs> but that scene where they're sitting in the office at the end, and every time you talk to him, he just does that Lautrec cackle thing or the 
bad. What's his? <laughs> the Peter Serafinowicz goes like every crappy Dark Souls NPC just does that sinister laugh. Oh god. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he's just he's the darkest shade of uh, black uh, morality wise, and uh, it, it's funny because he's he, it's just it's so over the top. But yeah, there's not much to him as a character other than his obsession with third energy. Uh, we, we've we've talked a little bit already about how we feel about the game visually. I, I'll I'll lead with this one. Um, so. I played a lot of the uh, PlayStation 1 era um, Resident Evil games fairly recently, um, like towards the end of last year and the year before that, uh, towards the beginning of last year, I should say. Um, And it was interesting comparing those games with this one because Resident Evil uh, very famously uses 2D backdrops with 3D character models, whereas this game uses fully 3D rendered environments. Um, So there are advantages and disadvantages with that. Um, With 3D rendered environments, you can do more with the camera. Um, You don't have to have as fixed an angle as you do with the painted backdrops. Uh, So there's lots of really cool shots of Regina walking down like... uh, like a balcony, and the camera follows her, and there's the T-Rex fight where uh, it's chasing behind you, and the camera adjusts so the T-Rex is always in frame. You couldn't do that with 2D uh, environments. It's just not possible. Um, But uh, in terms of the level of detail and um, personality and just uh, pure atmosphere, I think I prefer those 2D environments. Um, I, for me, this is very much a subjective thing. I think you could ask anyone's going to have a different answer to this question. Which do you prefer? Um, but for me, I find that atmosphere and that tension, that that level of detail and that kind of composition that the 2D environments had, really valuable. Um, and the kind of action movie pa- camera pans while cool to see in a PS1 era survival horror um were less valuable to me. Um what what do we what do we all feel about this? So I thought it was not a very good looking game and I but I feel like it was on the level of not a good looking game for what I'd expect for the PS1 era because the PS1 era gets a lot of stick for the games just not looking very nice. Um, and I, I think it was like no worse or no better than the average game from that era. I think I was a little bit spoiled because I have only just really finished playing Ape Escape and the art style of Ape Escape fits the PS1 absolutely perfectly. Whereas I think for me, horror is a lot more effective if it looks more realistic. So I think it stuck out to me more that it was not um, very visually appealing. Um, one thing I noticed is that um, there seems to be, have been a lot of indecision when it comes to the visuals of the um, sort of the item screen because um, the Japanese version has a completely different portrait for Regina compared to the, the North American and the European version. And I think even between the European version and the North American version, it looks as though some of the the, the visuals of what the menu looks like has been changed. So it feels like with each release they were messing around with the um the item screen so i think 
that gives me the impression that with these little little um, extra bits, they couldn't make their mind up what to do with it because they. It's obviously not Resident Evil because it does not have this like heart monitor screen that you can see when you're looking through your items. Um, but I guess they didn't know what to do with the space because it's just different and um, you have a lot more um, mixing to do that than you necessarily have in Resident Evil aside from the herbs. So um, a lot, yeah, I, th- I feel like the visuals were sort of meh on the whole they weren't terrible for that era but they weren't particularly appealing or strong in the decisions they made with regard to like menu design maria yeah um well in terms of the 2d environments in resident evil um obviously as you've mentioned um as a method of fear you can use the fixed camera angles because you know you don't know what's in front of you or you don't know what's around that corner but at the same time, in a 3D environment, I think you still can't see around the corner. Um, but mm. also, it's not just that that can be used to promote fear, but it's the enemies themselves in comparison to Resident Evil, because now they're so much faster. They're so much more capable of you know catching up to you, doing damage, or even killing you. Um, so I think there's more at stake in a way. Um, rather than just, you know, some (laughs) slow walking zombies coming for you. Um, In terms of how it looks, I actually didn't find it to look that bad. I was quite impressed personally, but mainly in two locations. One was in Dr. Kirk's office. Um, There was just monitors, papers, and it was just surprisingly detailed um, for a 3D environment um, on the PS1. Um, and also there was a place in, I think, the basement um, where there was like this x-ray screen kind of thing or heat sensor. I'm not sure which one, but when your character runs through, it kind of, um, you know, you see it on that heat sensor display. And I thought it looked really nice and it does the little like beeping sound as you run past. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I found it. I found it quite visually pleasing for me personally. Um, but I wouldn't say I prefer either you know 3d or 2d i don't prefer either one i think as long as they're as long as they're being used effectively for their purpose then it's fine i think this pulls a lot of the same tricks that resident evil does in the in that way that you enter a room and the camera is initially fixed when you go through it's never it's never really behind you giving you a you know nice view and especially with hallways and corridors and little areas that are sort of twisty and hidden nooks and things so many times when you enter an area, you know that there's enemies in there because you can hear them walking around. You can't see them, so you don't know what they are or exactly where they are. And if you haven't been in there before, you don't really know what the layout is. So, I mean, it's it comes down to, I guess, just many, many years of playing games like this. I do pull that old trick of you go into a corridor that you haven't been in before and you hear something in there. So you immediately pull the map up and the map is generous enough to actually show you what the layout of the room is and it's it it all plays into i guess what you said the the panic storytelling which you get that same feeling with a resident evil when you go into an area and you hear the moans and they're sort of shuffling about um but here it's it always seems a bit more urgent so yeah i i think the the main bits about the 3d were the the positive sides like the the chase sequence with the t-rex that you're talking about and other other similar sequences it worked very well but it didn't 
it didn't take anything away from the atmosphere in a way that it, it could have done. I, one other point that I do do want to touch on, and, and this was a positive point for me, um, is the animation for the dinosaurs. Um, not all of them are made equally, but particularly the uh, velociraptors, I think the animation for them is really fantastic. They get across like uh, a feeling of, of speed and agility of that that kind of tension that you know a reptile like a snake would have before it's about to strike um uh, that real good sense of like um anticipation before they they leap and all of that stuff um i thought it was really great and when they chase after you the the pose they have with their claws and everything is great um i think the t-rex is pretty well animated as well i actually think the ps1 model uh, T-Rex is, is has superior animation to the fully CGI animated one that they use in the cutscenes which has this w- did anyone else notice that the like the T-Rex's model in the CGI version had this like weird overbite to like its top jaw whereas like the regular PS1 version just looks like just looks like any old T-Rex the 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 CG one has like th- the jaw overlaps more than it should. Like it just comes <laughs> t- forward a bit too much, and it just looks like it's. It just looks silly. Um, whenever whenever you see it in those cutscenes, anyway, it I needs I, braces. I thought, yeah, it needs braces. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I think where maybe it's not so great in terms of the um the visual fidelity. Um, let's say. Um, I think the way they get across movement with the the dinosaurs is pretty effective. Let's talk about the other important aesthetic value, um, sound design and music. Um, Charlotte, what, what did you think of the sound of Dino Crisis? I mean, for the first half, I didn't play with the sound on because I, okay. I was having such a tense experience that actually I had to play it with a podcast on because I just... I, I'm not good with horror games, so just to get through it, I had to listen to something else. But the the second half I did listen to, um, and I remember being pretty impressed by it, but I'm hard pushed to find anything that's sticking in my head right now, which I think says a lot. Um, I I do recall um, the first save room, which is called the administrative, something like the administrative office. I'm I'm not sure because mine was in German um that that had some sort of calming music in it um but i don't remember it being anything on par with the memorability of the save room music in uh, resident evil uh, or in the remake which i have actually played um it 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 was it was good from what i remember but i'm, I'm i can't remember individual tracks which it tells me that i don't think and there was a lot of intense panic panic music in the second half and even bits that just looped and looped because I was stuck on a bit and I just can't remember any of it. Mm, it's been probably two to three weeks since I finished it now and I can't remember any of the pieces of music uh, sticking out particularly apart from one that was quite played quite a lot in the beginning of the game in those first corridors and I remember thinking it sounded very clunky or farty or not in a not in a good way at all, just this sort of almost like sort of 
I don't know. It was. It sounded like um, sort of low frequency woodwind instruments or something like that, like someone playing bassoons or something. And I had the game paused at one point while I was off in the other room, and the the sound was still playing. And I was must have been sort of twenty minutes, half an hour, and I got so sick of this piece of music that was going on, and I've just totally forgotten almost everything about it since. So take that as you will. Um, I do remember the save room music, um, like Charlotte. Um, but in terms of the other uh, songs, if if you look at the OST, there are so many songs on it, and it, there's no variation in terms of like all the other songs apart from the saver music and the opening sequence where you get that um, computer terminal display. Those are the only two songs that actually stick out to me. Everything else just kind of merges into like one big suspenseful track for me personally um just to put it into my opinion into a bit of context for me it's kind of mediocre but there are definitely it's it's inevitable that we're going to keep uh, comparing it to resident evil but it's not on the level of me saying it's as bad as the um i think it was the director's cut version of resident evil where they redid the entire soundtrack i was watching a speed run of somebody playing that this week just to prepare myself a bit for talking about capcom horror games and i was like this is not scary. This sounds like it's a LucasArts game. So it wasn't on that level. It it wasn't terrible. There have been worse, but it, it just wasn't memorable, which when you consider how memorable some of the other tracks in Shinji Mikami games are is a little bit disappointing. In some ways, it sort of plays into the, the um, location as well in the game because I found, I don't really want to say again that I was disappointed, but... Um, the previous Resident Evil games that I'd played before this, they're always very sort of, it's not really set piece based, but kind of the locations stand out a lot. You've got in the first game, you've got the, you know, spooky mansion and then a guardhouse that's a bit different. And then, you know, some caves and then a lab and the second game's very similar. So I was kind of expecting this to move around a little bit more, especially in the, you know, in some of those very early scenes you're seeing, is it Cooper in the opening cutscene? You see, like running through the jungle, and the T Rex is chasing him. And then there's a, later on when they're sort of talking about third energy, and it, um, it, it sort of merging timelines, or however they actually justify what's going on with the dinosaurs. Like, he, I was expecting at some point, oh, there's going to be a bit where you know I go through this, you know, fairly boring administrative office building and lab building. And I'll do all of that because there's, you know, two floors of that. And then I'll leave and I'll go into the jungle and there'll be some more buildings there or, you know, something else to do. And then later on, I was like, oh, surely there's going to be a bit where, you know, we get messed up with this third energy thing. And, you know, we go back in time and it's all weird. And it never really did that. It stayed in this very sort of clinical purpose built area that was designed for, you know, the labs and the officers and all of the bits and pieces that go with that. And maybe the music being kind of drab and a bit, you know, not standing out fits in with the fact that all the corridors in this look fairly similar because it's just one sort of monotonous facility. And that was that was a way that I not really justified the fact that I didn't particularly get on with the music, but it sort of made a bit of sense that maybe this is this is a way that, um, you know, it just it plays in with the overall theme of it being a bit you know, clinical. Let's move into the gameplay. So Dino Crisis, as we've stated, 
several times already is very similar to Resident Evil in terms of its uh, control scheme. It's taking on the uh, classic uh, tank controls. Um, uh, a couple of adjustments. Um, it borrows one uh, thing from Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, which is the uh, 180 turn, so you can quickly snap round um, to fire at uh, enemies chasing you. Um, and also, you can move a little bit while aiming, um, which kind of feeds into the more action-oriented uh, combat. Some of, the, some of the weapons and items that you have through the game, you've got your standard pistol that you can upgrade with sights and other things. You've got the shotgun, grenade launcher. But I think one, one of the more interesting additions, and this, this feels like uh, again, something it's borrowing a little bit from uh, Resident Evil 3, but if anything, this is slightly more in-depth, is the mixing of chemicals to create um, either enhanced medicine um, or uh, different types of darts, uh, whether they be sleep darts or poison darts, etc., etc. Um, and every, every weapon has uh, multiple different uh, ammo types. So... Charlotte, um, I believe this is your first kind of PS1 style uh, tank controlly survival horror ish game. How how was your experience um, playing this? This is the first tank control game I've played where I've actually got on pretty well with the tank controls and I've not just given up. I mean, I hadn't have a choice; I had to finish the game, but. Um, so I've, I think I played, if I remember correctly, Omicron, the Nomad Soul, had tank controls, and Ooh. I tried to play that, and I gave up after, like, 10 minutes because I just did not care enough to get the hang of them. And Resident Evil Remake, I went straight for the normal controls. I didn't really even try. But with this, it's... So towards the end of the game, I was still walking into walls a little bit, and in the um, sort of running towards the camera... Seen with the T-Rex, I was swerving all over the place. But I, I feel like I've got the, the hang of tank controls now and I'm pretty pretty pleased with using them, which is a, a big feat. Like, I'm, I'm really happy that the game got me used to tank controls and also getting used to um, the fact that you have a quick turn because I've have played games before. Um, I think Resident Evil 5 actually has a quick turn, but I just would never think to use it and it's it got me out of a few tight spots in Dino Crisis so I feel like it's actually taught me a new um, control scheme and I'm, I'm really it makes me feel like my time with Dino Crisis taught me something which is nice. It's opened up a door for you playing a whole load more of these games. Yeah yeah um, yeah personally as someone who hasn't played many tank control games I've only ever played Resident Evil 2 the original game and Onimusha Walls as well. And for me, I it did take a bit of getting used to. Um, and like Charlotte, I do remember that scene where you're running away from the T-Rex and I kept like getting stuck and like it running into the wall and then quickly like go the other way, quick, quick, quick. Um and it was it was a bit of a mess, a chaotic mess. But um eventually it, I did get used to it and yeah, it was absolutely fine. Um the uh quick turn I didn't use that. I knew it was there, but for some reason I just couldn't I couldn't get myself to use it. So I did well without it, but um yeah, I don't know. I didn't personally use it myself. Um no, I, I feel that I'm very, very well uh familiar with tank controls. I've played tons of these 
90s and early 2000s survival horror games and i've actually always really quite liked the tank controls as being essentially it's that justification you know that uh, argument that people make about well the kind of crap controls and the you know slow movement makes it worse when you know there's an enemy sort of bearing down on you and you're scrabbling to turn all the way around so that you can get out of the door quickly and it was frankly even even worse here when you've got enemies that were covering you know the space of the room yeah about three times as fast as any zombie ever has and you know i think we'll probably talk about this later as well but various enemies can follow you between rooms so even just you know popping through the door running away from the velociraptor is not going to be enough to save you but it, i i'm i'd say familiar enough with them that it was never a problem and even something that i actually quite enjoyed i was a bit disappointed that it didn't have the um the little is it a, it's like a dodge thing that you can do in resident evil yeah. 3 when the enemies yeah, yeah. are close to you yeah. it was a shame that they didn't have that because by the time this had come out they must have been well and truly you know uh developed that for resident evil 3 they must have been aware that that was a thing that was being used so if they were going to use the you know the turn sort of simultaneously i don't know maybe it just wouldn't work so well with you know, with an enemy that's generally much bigger and environments that felt smaller if, you know, certainly sort of not more room to run away from things. Maybe they just figured that the quick dodge thing wouldn't, wouldn't do very much. I, um, I, I don't see why, because Nemesis is so similar in a lot of ways to some of these dinosaurs, and yeah. that dodge is so useful with him that I could totally see scenarios where that dodge would have been useful against these dinos, but hey ho. Yeah. I, I want to say that I thought the numerous different chemicals that you picked up were honestly like excessive, and I did end up using a lot of things, but I think I, I kind of just used them because I felt, well, I might as well. But I would have been very, you know, very happy if they had of still not been intensifiers and multipliers and the anesthetic aids and something else. I, I found that the, some of them had uses, but some of them seemed to be not, not even just useless as, you know, sort of taking up space in an inventory somewhere. Like Man. there was an item, I can't remember which one it was, but one of them, you could only use it on hemostats and all that that did was make it into a hemostat plus, which did the same thing as a hemostat. And then if you used another one than the hemostat, it would give it would turn it into like a small health kit. And I don't think in the entire game I ever picked up a small health kit. The health kits were all the ones that were on the floor were all the medium ones that just did a full heal. So using a hemostat which has another purpose, and then two extra items to turn it into a subpar version of something that there's dozens of them all dotted around anyway, it just kind of felt like it was sort of needlessly adding things that didn't, you know, didn't have any any purpose at all. The the ones that made the the um, anesthetic darts better were somewhat useful because the when you first get the anesthetic darts and they're the anesthetic dart S or M. They did so little. You'd shoot the dinosaur with them and they'd be asleep for, in a lot of cases, less time than it would even take you to get out of the room with them. So then using them and turning them into like whatever dart L plus 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 
that would put the dinosaurs to sleep for generally it felt like it was sort of five or ten minutes of in-game time that was kind of purposeful but i don't know they just it felt very much to me like you could have done without really any of those mixing components i disagree i this this actually was one of my favorite aspects of the game um this is going to be something that i missed here like some really key thing i don't think i don't think you missed anything i i think i just i i valued the flexibility of this the system uh, a lot um because i i found every item really useful the multiplier the multiplier especially was great cuz if you had one large healing pack so right now i got two um and that's great um the intensifier is great because it increases the uh the you can turn like a, a, a just a regular healing item into a better one um you can com- and sometimes you can combine some of these things to create you know sleeping darts and stuff like that and the darts is the real thing that i love because i quickly realized that darts were actually more valuable than ammo um because even though it didn't take out um, dinosaurs uh, permanently, it took them out instantly, which was more important. Um, I You could sit there plugging a Velociraptor with pistol rounds over and over again, and you're taking damage while, do, while you're doing that. And yeah, at the end of it, um, the Velociraptor's dead and it's not coming back, but you have lost health, and now you have to spend valuable health resources, which are more valuable than bullets, um uh on uh trying to heal yourself meanwhile um if you put a you know dart into your shotgun shoot the velociraptor instantly goes down even if it's a small uh you know a small one which only has them go down uh, for a little bit that's still valuable because you can just get past him get into the next room at least get a head start before they start chasing you again um, the darts are fantastic, and oh, and the rare case where you get a poison dart, fantastic. Just save them all for the for the te- uh, the Terezinosaurus, uh, and then wipe them out instead of the Velociraptors, which is great. Um, yeah, I I love the way it handled ammo stuff, and I just had so many because I focused so much on darts. I had so many grenades whenever I whenever I came face to face with the Tyrannosaurus Rex, which made made those fights um a lot easier as well um so yeah i i really like this system i think i'm gonna come off as being incredibly arrogant here but i finished the game with so many uh rounds and so many health kits still there that i guess i just never saw the point in having a small health kit when i literally i finished it with i had about 15 of the ones that healed you fully and did the hemostat and I finished the game with like 18 grenade rounds still in my inventory. So I guess I just never really needed to mess about with any of those things so much. Yeah, I had a completely different experience. Because I was playing it on easy, I did. I, I tried to be cautious with ammo at the beginning. But as I went along, I realized I didn't have to be as cautious as I, as I thought. Because actually, um, Velociraptors took only four, three or four handgun rounds to die which is is insane like i've i've read that the Jeez. difference between yeah. easy and normal in um resident evil 3 and in dino crisis is just 
so unbalanced that it's ridiculous. Yeah, they're like 12 to 15 on normal. Yeah. So um, I actually did end up being too generous and running out of ammo towards the end. I was actually to the point where I was in the Slack channel saying, I might have messed up my save game because I don't have any ammo. And I didn't really want to like be sneaking past them all the time, which I know is the point, but I, I was, I was, it was, it was, the tension was getting to me. So I wanted to have some ammo. Um, and I, um, but these uh, connected boxes were a real lifeline. And a su- I, it took me a little while to realize that the, the boxes were connected, at least in the easy version, easy mode. They like all the green ones, you have access to the other green ones that you've accessed in other parts of the, um, the facility. So I had like, an abundance of health items, way too many health items. Um, and ammo started to get scarce, but it st- it f- filled back up um, when I needed it because I got lucky with these interconnected boxes. So, um, yeah, my main gripe about weapons and items is just that in easy mode, it felt like if you wanted to play it with killing everything, which I have seen runs of people going through it and trying to kill everything there's there's not enough ammo but there are way 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 too many health items you don't need that many health items especially not if you're playing it on easy um but the mixing side of things i really really enjoy because i really like inventory management so um yeah and i think i was wrong earlier when i said that um it was more complicated here than in other resident evil games i seem to recall that there was gunpowder mixing in one of the the sequels, but it is pretty developed that you can mix health items and ammo to produce poison darts, for example. Yeah, that that was uh, Resident Evil Three that oh, you were okay. referring to there. Yeah, yeah. So that they, they were quite. Um, I, it makes sense that though Dino Crisis had those mechanics because they're pre- they're pretty much contemporary with each other. Yeah, games came out about the same time, so they and presumably same sort of teams working on them. It's it's like a big step up from what you had in any of the previous Resident Evil, which is really just combining items together to you know create puzzle pieces and stuff. Yeah, I think in general, uh, Resident Evil games are a lot less generous when it comes to resources. Like like a few of you have said, um, by the end of my game as well, I had so much stuff left, um, and I personally depended very heavily on the tranquilizer darts. So things like ammo, um, health resources, that I had so much of that by the end of the game. Um, so I think it depends on your playstyle as well. Um, but it's nice to have at least a bit of freedom with how you play the game. Um, thanks to like mixing, you can choose what kind of items you want and will use throughout your playthrough. I think it does. It does help that I think both. Both myself and and John are a big big Resident Evil fan, so there's just like I I've said in the Slack, my my rule of thumb with when it comes to ammo conservation is if it's in a hallway that you're going to go back and forth along um, loads of times during the game due to backtracking, then kill kill whatever's there, just get rid of it so that you can you can you don't have to worry about it. Or in this case, I, w- I would expend a dart to get past them. Um, but if it's in a room that you know you're unlikely to go back to again, just try and dance around the enemy. And I did, and I did that throughout most of Dino Crisis. And by the end of the game, like you said, Maria, I, w- I was I was uh, st- uh, sitting on a big um, s- sack of different items. 
I think what what was interesting is um, there's a uh, there's an item called resusc- resuscitation, I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, and when I entered the game, and it gives you that splash screen of how well you do, uh, how well you did. I had zero continues. I was like, is that right? I definitely died. I definitely died quite a lot. But then I realized like, I didn't die properly at all throughout the entire game because of that resuscitation item um, kept saving me um, in multiple occasions. Um, and it was I, I really love that as an item choice because it, it's almost like um, uh, like a life in Mario or something like that. It's just multiple chances to repeat the same section um again and again before it gives you the proper game over um and there's unless i'm mistaken there's nothing like that in uh uh resident evil or at least the classic resident evils i know there were checkpoints in later ones um and yeah and i i found that to be a great little addition um uh, speaking of items we should talk about the bleed status um which uh Functions kind of similar to the poison status in Resident Evil, except for um, a unique little quirk, which is that. And and now I I didn't necessarily see any kind of evidence of this in my playthrough because it felt like um, raptors and and the Teresinosaurus is um, kind of just randomly busted into rooms at certain points. But apparently, if you're bleeding. Uh, the dinosaurs can track you better from room to room, so you're more likely to have those instances of them following you if you're if you're bleeding. Um, spe- speaking of the 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 dinosaurs following um, people uh, between rooms, I really like the way um, that kind of that changed my approach to uh the environments so uh, one of the things that um uh, is uh, new um to dino crisis is these laser grids that you can turn on and off um throughout the facility and at first um i kind of just viewed them as uh you know typical doors that you just at a certain point you know metroidvania style yeah. uh, you'll find the key and then all those doors will unlock um, what I what I soon realized is a fantastic way of just trapping problem dinosaurs um, in an area um, and not having to worry about them anymore. And the the level design accommodates that um, because there's so many uh, pathways to get to the same place. You can just trap a dinosaur in one doorway and uh, and then just choose a different path uh, to avoid it. So if you're particularly low on ammo, um, just kind of uh, guide getting the dinosaur to chase you, guiding it into that location, and then quickly flicking the switch and trapping it was a really effective way of uh, uh, dealing with, especially um, stuff like the uh, Terozinosaurus, which is introduced later in the game, which just takes so much, at least on normal mode, takes so much ammunition to take down it's just not even worth engaging with them um just being able to uh uh turn on a laser grid and just right toodles you're you're done uh was fantastic yeah i think the laser grids as well tended to be in like the um the corridors where you tend to backtrack quite a lot um so 
I especially did the trick where you trap them behind the laser grid and then you just shoot them with the pistol and yeah, kill them yeah. that way and dispose of them permanently. Let's talk about these dinosaurs in more detail. It's about time we actually talk about the dinosaurs. Um, let me run through the list of dinosaurs that make an appearance in this game. There are the Velociraptors, the Consognathus, we have the Pterodons, the Pterozinosaurus, and uh, Tyrannosaurus. Um, some, I, I imagine the Compies, which is what I'm going to nickname them for the sake of my sanity. Um, the Compies, um, I imagine, are in here uh, due to the uh, popularity of uh, Jurassic Park The Lost World at the time. They very famously made their debut in the sequel film to Jurassic Park, where they had the horrible little scene with the child at the beginning. Uh, the Pterodons, they're your your typical flying uh, flying reptiles, if I'm going to be scientifically correct. Um, uh, interestingly about the Pterozinosaurus, um, this wasn't known at the time, um, so they can be forgiven for this, um, but new science uh, found out that, that these are probably herbivores, not carnivores. Um, so... <laughs> These nightmare, like, giant sloth dinosaurs that tear you apart, rip you, you know, um, swing you from their jaw and, and just are impossible to kill, ate fruit um, in reality. Those giant claws are for grabbing fruit off of trees. Um, that's, that's the extent of their uh, activity. What, what do we all think of um, the, the depiction of all of these dinosaurs? I liked the flying ones. That was that was kind of nice. Um, the 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 actually it was pretty um, cool to have to aim upwards with tank controls. That took me a little bit of getting used to, but I realized it wasn't actually that hard to shoot. Again, easy mode. It wasn't that hard to shoot those dinosaurs down, which was kind of I expected aiming upwards in tank controls to be and like the locking on to be a lot worse than it actually was. So. The, the variety of having ones that would swoop down and attack you was um, very much welcome from my end. There's an interesting mechanic with the Tyrannodons as well, where when they swoop down and pick you up, you drop your weapon on the floor mm, and you've got yeah. to run back over to it to pick it up again. Um, but I don't think I killed a single one of them throughout the game. Aside, I might have shot one with a poison dart because they took quite a few shotgun rounds to, to take them down. And that very first encounter with them i got killed about three times trying to kill one of them and then just thought i'll oh, sod this and ran off uh, although there is also a hilarious cutscene where one of them picks you up and you do the there's a little button mashing sequence that you get occasionally when you get grabbed by a dinosaur and you do that and you drop out of its claws and for some reason it just also decides to stop flying and it just crashes down into a huge fan and gets splattered against the wall it looks really really incongruous it was one of the things it was like i thought hey this is that resident evil silliness like no one made that and thought it could possibly be serious at all the one thing um i would say is that i was a little bit disappointed with the tyrannosaurus given that it was it's the dinosaur in terms of uh the cast that we have here it's 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 a, it's every you know eight year old kids kind of uh, 
you know, go-to dinosaur. It's the the flagship dinosaur of the Jurassic Park series, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was a little disappointed that he was kind of reduced to kind of a set piece moment creature. Um, even like, I was hoping for something closer to Nemesis um, from Resident Evil Three, something that had you know that was systems driven. Like that, you know, Nemesis does have like a set PC nature to him. He does crop up at specific moments, but also there's that feeling of the chase of being pursued by something, um, and being able to engage it in a number of different ways. And it felt like there with the Tyrannosaurus, there was there was one key that unlocked the door, and if you didn't have that key, uh, it wasn't going to happen. So you just had to do what you needed to do either just get to the back of the room and fire shotgun rounds at it every time it opened its mouth, um, just run along the balcony or run run away from it until it tells you to fire. Um, and and while I didn't see some of the other endings, um, I, I gather that they function in very similar ways, just with slightly different uh, set dressing. Um, yeah, I I just thought there was going to be more to the T Rex, and he was just kind of uh, uh, a little bit set PC and less of a less of an interesting act, like an actual boss encounter. For me, at least, the the way they treated the T Rex meant that he was less scary and more a source of frustration. The the one where you come out of the control room and you have to run along a rec- like a, a right angle corridor and then shoot at the end. I failed that so many times just because my timing was slightly off. And it it had the result that I wasn't scared of the T-Rex anymore. I was more scared of the dinosaurs I would encounter in other parts of the game than I was of the T-Rex, really. And also, there was one set piece where you had to run round in a circle and just wait for a timer to go down. And I lost so much ammo during that sequence because I because of not having a background in survival horror games, I didn't realize at first that you, you can't damage him at all. You just have to keep running. So um, I completely missed any cue that you should not use ammo during that scene. So I lost so many grenade rounds and also a couple of poison darts to that scene. So I, I my overall feeling of the T-Rex was, oh no, this is going to be a really frustrating set piece. I, don't, I hope I don't have to see the, the game over screen too many times. It's a shame that the T-Rex uh, encounters weren't so much boss fights as they were just a just a segment, really. Uh, there's only the the one way you have to shoot um, shoot him when he opens his mouth on the balcony. I think is well, you you get the end sequence as well, but it's the only one way you actually have to have to use ammunition against him. And when you get to the the very end fight, the um, in the situation I was in. Uh, Rick said, "Oh, I've got some. I've got something for you." And he gave me twelve grenade rounds, which was way more than was enough to to take it down. So I got the impression that maybe they didn't want to back you into a corner potentially where you didn't have enough ammo to get through a you know sort of a tanky boss fight. Um, but then they've gone ahead and done that in later Resident Evil games. The very very obvious incident of that in Code Veronica. So whether this was you know, just sort of an oversight or or whether they meant to do it to to prevent frustration. Yeah. But it seemed it was a bit disappointing to me that you didn't have a proper a proper fight against it. And 
that's the only boss you get. There's no other, no other sort of um, unique uh, dinosaurs or anything in the game. I I do think because one of the things that I know, apart from the compies, um, there's not really the equivalent of like the more fragile enemies in this game. Um, so uh, the zombies and and some the, the zombie dogs are kind of like they're quite lethal but in terms of how much ammo they take to take out they're kind of similar um and in the in terms of the amount of damage they do to you but like there's not really that kind of enemy in this game the velociraptors to me at least are as lethal as the lickers are uh maybe not the hunters with the hunters insta insta kill that they have but like you start at a point where the default enemy is like a mid-tier or you know high to mid-tier enemy that w- would appear in a Resident Evil game. So I wasn't so bothered that the Tyrannosaurus was disappointing simply because it felt like every other enemy encounter was so engaging and uh and required so much thought. Um but like to, to go back to to what Charlotte said about the the Tyrannosaurus um, about using because I used up ammo for that that situation as well because I I similarly felt like it didn't really communicate that you weren't doing anything to the T Rex like I I don't understand what the thought process behind that because ultimately you're not fighting superhuman virus infused monsters you're fighting animals and I get that they're tough animals. But Tyrannosaurus is gonna flinch if you're gonna fire a grenade in its face. Like it's not, it's not gonna shake it off as if it's like, oh, it's not, it's not Mister X. It's not uh, Nemesis with you know regenerating powers and effectively immortality. This is an animal, uh, a very large, very dangerous, very tough animal. But it feels like you should be able to fight this thing head on and. Uh, um, nothing about the game communicates the fact that you can't. Um, with with the Resident Evil games, at the very least, they they do a great job of training you when enemies are indestructible, and it felt like they did a poor job here. I'm going to uh, move on to this forum correspondence. This is from um, the Baboon Baron, sirs and mams of the Canaanites community. Uh, I wanted to like Dino Crisis, I really did, even picking up an old 60 gig PS3 to play it properly, but after several attempts to play it, it just didn't click with me. It had long been on my list of we'll get round to it one day games. I like the concept, Resident Evil with dinosaurs? What's not to like? I love survival horror, I love B-movie camp. It looked on its surface to be a great retro throwback, but it just didn't gel with me. I was immediately confused by the user interface, finding it and the map quite confusing within the first few minutes of play. The tank controls took a a little while to get into, but didn't prove to be too much of a hindrance. My issue was the dinos themselves, often backing me into corners whereupon I was ripped apart quickly. Something that made the lack of ammo, normally a survival horror trope, Uh, more frustrating than atmospheric. I restarted several times to see if I could figure out the intended path, but instead wound up 
lost and ammoless while packs of raptors followed me, ultimately converting me into Dino Chow. Perhaps it's the age and the style of the game, but try as I might, I just couldn't get it to click. I fear it is me and that modern games have shortened my patience because objectively the graphics, sound and gameplay are stellar considering the hardware it's running on. A remastering of Dino Crisis in the style of the relatively recent Resident Evil or even Resident Evil 2 would be amazing, as a small few upgrades would allow for, in my view, a stronger and more enjoyable experience. We all have a couple of blind spots and it seems DC is one of mine. Perhaps I'll try again in another 20 years. So let's move on to the level design. So the, it's, again, it's very similar to Resident Evil. Um, it's borrowing a lot of the labyrinthine uh, approach to uh, their world that uh, Resident Evil 1 and 2 especially um, used. This really reminds me of Resident Evil 2 in terms of structure. Um, a very like clear dividing uh, point between like uh, the first half and the second half of the game, even though there's kind of less visual variety. For me, this is the area where the game is strongest. Um, I was really, really impressed with the level design of Dino Crisis. I think it has that wonderful uh, looping and shortcut nature that the best of the genre has. Um, it re like there are some moments that kind of remind me of uh, Dark Souls level design, where you you find a shortcut and you go, oh. That uh, that connects to there. Oh, that's great. Um, so and and that persisted throughout the in, entire experience of the game. I was worried that it was going to get more linear um, towards the end, but if anything, it got more labyrinthine. Um, uh, so yeah, I I really 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 loved um, the way that the the facility was constructed, in, in, at least on the, like a like a game design uh, level. Yeah, I found that towards the end, even though it was um, like a labyrinth, I did get a feel for um, where everything was and I didn't have to look at my map all the time, which for me is a big deal because I have no spatial awareness at all. So it felt like everything fit together in a very natural way. And once I'd been through a room a few times, I could remember how it connects to what and what shortcuts I could take. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bad with labyrinths, but the map was just really helpful for me especially in figuring out like different paths to take to get to the same place, especially if I remember if, oh, I trapped this dinosaur here, or, oh, I know that corridor's full of enemies, so I could kind of navigate my way around um, effectively. I think it helps that, unlike what I can remember from the original couple of Resident Evil games, uh, you actually have a very obvious objective a lot of times here where you're told, I'll go to the control room and try and get the power on, or you can you can see the area that you're supposed to go to flashing on the map, as opposed to Resident Evil, it's kind of like, well, there's only one path that really works its way through here, and then at the end of it, you get an item that opens up the next bit. It felt more um, directed than, than those games did. So I think the fact that the corridors all kind of looked similar and a lot of the rooms were fairly similar uh, was, was certainly helped by knowing what you were actually supposed to be doing instead of just wandering around looking for something that was the the way 
we we've already um covered the uh the laser grids and the uh the various item boxes throughout the level so let's um talk about the puzzles um that are dotted throughout the game um one of the big big recurring ones is the uh ddk codes where you have to find the code disk and the input disk um so there'll be uh, assigned letters an input disk and a code disk of the same letter will help you unlock a door oh i like this at first i will admit that towards the end of the game i just brought up a walkthrough and mm. uh, and, and looked up oh, the sure. the password for the uh, the door um because they they just increased in complexity to a point yeah. where it's just i can't be bothered anymore yeah. yeah the last couple did get quite difficult there was the one where they were using the the numbers in place of letters in the alphabet and that combined with well these lines can't do it there was yeah there was a point where it was once you get the first few letters of it you're like oh well that looks like it's going to end up saying water something so it, it kind of gets easier as you get the first little bit but yeah they they went there i think there were too many of them to be honest yeah, I had to like scribble down loads of notes to try and figure out what the last couple um, DDK systems said because it was just so complex. But yeah, I think most of the other puzzles are pretty simple though. Um, you've got the coloured power coil thing that repeats several times, and it's just a case of organising them in the in the right order. Um, you have the one. F- in the rare instance of a one and done puzzle in this game, um, the poison level one, where you had to combine different gases of different colors in order to not kill the person that's in the room, um, I uh, I I actually kind of enjoyed that. It, it wasn't too difficult, but it was kind of nice to have like an actual consequence to getting it wrong. Um, the crane puzzles are a bit annoying. Um, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, oh, they were slow. They were so yeah. slow. Mm. You figured them out eventually. It's just the tedium of doing it that just got frustrating. But yeah, I, I, there was a lot of puzzles in this game, which I was kind of surprised by, but I wasn't. there wasn't like that fun... Like Resident Evil 1 and 2 have fun puzzles where you go, oh, I actually enjoyed doing that. Um, I think there's a dearth of fun puzzles in this game would does that do people do do you agree with me yeah yeah the poison one was fun but even that like um and i think this might have been to do actually with my tv settings but i could not like the colors didn't look like what the instructions were telling me to do with them it looked like one of them was like i can't remember examples but the, the color that i was seeing was not one of the colors that i was telling it was saying this mixed with this is bad so um, me and my boyfriend were sat there trying to figure that out for about 10 minutes before we looked at a walkthrough because we kept trying everything and we were just like, it kept going up and down and up and down and up and down. So um, there was a lot of tedium with these puzzles and I was play- I've was i been playing Professor Layton at the same time, so that didn't really help. Yeah, I had exactly the same problem with the poison puzzle. Um, I think it was to do with the crappy quality of the, the screen and the setup that I was using, but... There was like the red and the orange and the yellow and the brown all looked really similar. It was difficult to to kind of tell between them. And even even to a point, those uh, colored p- 
power coils in the um in the generator boxes it this sounds really odd but it was difficult to tell the white one and the black one apart from each other or blue or whichever it was and it was yeah, it's not not bad just I, I blame the the tv setup that i had rather than the actual game for it but i quite liked um i like the idea that sort of skipping on to the next section you got these choices where you could choose to do more puzzles and i regret that i i skipped the last puzzle and just went with the um uh, more enemies route because I went into some of the rooms that you would go into to do those puzzles and I kind of saw where the um where the the pieces of that puzzle were there's a bit where you listen to a a voice message that's on a sort of a, a hidden um recording unit and at the end of it it's got a noise which sounds like someone pressing a keypad and it was quite obvious that oh if you were doing this the puzzle route you'd have to use the keypad and try and figure out what the code was from the noise. And I was like, oh, it's a shame I missed that. And I went over to the, like these wall safes that you're obviously supposed to open. And you could see that there was stuff inside them. And I went and, and sort of, you know, interacted with it and just got a little thing saying, there's no need to do this. I was like, no, oh, but I kind of want to open those up. I know I don't have to get these parts out, but it's like, it's something that I've not done that's there right in front of me. Yeah, speaking of the, those choices, um, I so uh, to, just for the the listeners, um, at multiple points during the game, um, Rick and Gale pose uh, different scenarios and different plans of attack um, for you. Um, and usually, what it is is Gale offers the more guns blazing, let's just go in and blast them all approach, and Rick. Uh, uh, suggests the sensible idea, the more reasonable one. And so I, I'm kind of I I may I showed my bias there, um, but um, I, I am curious to hear um, which which of the two characters people favoured. I was in survival mode, so anything that conserved ammunition, conserved resources, I was gonna go for. So I ended up picking Rick's choice throughout the whole game which did ultimately lead to me doing more puzzles um, than combat. Um, but well, who who did we favour out of the two of them? Uh, I want to hear from Maria, because I think she knows how this might play into the different sort of different endings. Yeah, so I'm Team Rick all the way. Um, I just find him a more preferable character, mainly because I know that Gale in one of the endings, if you choose, I think his choice, the last decision you get to make, if you choose Gale's um, choice, you end up finding out that there's been a secret mission all along, and it's to get this, um, it's to get the file on the third energy experiments and to bring that back to the government. And only Gale knows this, and he hides this from the rest of the team. Apparently, to keep them safe, which is fine, but. I knew he was kind of a traitor in a way and in general just his approach to everything he was a bit too stereotypical tough guy so I don't know that's not really my thing so I went for Rick just because he was really funny. I kind of I split the difference on it it felt like the the first choice I think is when you hear a distress a distress call from your 
um, like your mole inside the agents, uh, you know, inside the, the lab who's been working there. And Rick says, we need to go and find him. And Gail says, no, that's, you know, not part of the mission. We'll just continue. So obviously that's like a morality choice of go and save this guy. So I went with that. And then the, the next, the next one is a, do you want to do a puzzle or more combat? And I went with Rick again, cause I'd seen where the puzzle was and it was a computer that I couldn't interact with. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to see what that was. And then the, the third one is again, like a, there's tons of dinosaurs flooding the, the facility. We can either do this the, the easy way and shoot them and just grab the items, or we can kind of go around and which weirdly ends up taking you to more places to get items. So I assume if you choose the Rick choice there, they just kind of remove the dinosaurs that are, that are in the area or they add more when you do the Gale choice. But I just, I had so much ammo. I was just like, oh, I'm going to shoot them. And then the final one after that is when you've found everything, you've got the doctor. I think Rick says we need to go and, oh, sorry, Gail says we need to go and get the doctor and sort of bring him to justice. And I chose that again because it was like, well, there's actually a little bit more um, story that looks like it might play out. And if you go and do that, that's when the the thing with the, the energy and the government comes up. And uh, in my playthrough, I don't know if it's the same with everything, but Gail dies when he gives you the um, the file and the, the doctor ends up surviving. So I don't know whether that's considered to be a good thing or not. If you actually ignore both of them, which is kind of poetic that Regina just goes her own way and, and completely ignores the pair of them because they're idiots, um, then I've, I've seen that you can actually get both of just everybody apart from the people you've seen earlier on get eaten by dinosaurs. You can have everybody survive, I think. Yeah, I believe in- that's Rick's ending. Um, everyone ah, survives, okay. yeah. But I think you don't know what's happened with the Doctor. I think that's the thing. The Doctor's unknown. Yeah, well, he he runs off, doesn't he? And then that's the last choice is Gail wants to go and track him down and Rick says, no, let's just leave him. Or at least I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if you if you go with Rick and, uh, and uh, just kind of knock Gail out and then get to, get to the port... Uh, the the free the, the free of you survive and you just don't know what happens to the doctor. There's a fight with the T Rex, which is the one where it it cha- you just do you know circles around the port and every time it tells you to fire, you just uh, flip backwards and and fire into its mouth um, and then you escape on the hovercraft um, and the T Rex just dies in the uh, in the uh, explosion with the uh, the um, the third energy generator um but with the the other one which um john i i believe this is the one you got um it's the one it, where you get on a hovercraft but then you blow up the t-rex of a bomb is that how it works yeah. out for you yeah 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 you, the T-Rex chases you. Yeah. yeah you shoot him a little bit and then rick does the resident evil the rocket launcher sort of appears out of nowhere thing with this bomb Right, yeah, yeah. But it looks, it's really odd because it seems from some of the other footage I've seen, there's a very similar sequence where you're going down what looks like the same area in a helicopter. And I don't know if there's also, there might be one in a vehicle and they all kind of look the same with the T-Rex running along. But with the water one, he's still, he just looks like he's kind of gliding through the water. He's running like as fast as this bloody hovercraft is going, but he's like up to his you know, near enough up to his neck in the water. It just looks like he's kind of glitched and has just 
like a character model just um sort of sliding down yeah i i think the hovercraft bit and the uh so there's a bit with a moving platform with the t-rex chasing behind you um in one of the endings i think they're pretty much identical uh in terms of mechanics and camera and animation and all of that stuff um and with the moving platform one you actually escape in a in a, a helicopter which you mentioned john mm. um i don't know how you get that ending like i say i think i think you um have like you can go you can just ignore your instructions that you get from either rick or gail and go to a different place and you sort of catch the doctor in the yeah. act of doing something, if I yeah, remember. Yeah, I, th I think that's what I did, where mm. I agreed to Rick's ending choice, and then I went to the, um, I think it was the underground heliport, mm. um, and then that way you can catch Kirk and then escape with everyone. Okay. But that's this the is... third ending. So there's yeah. the first one, um, or second one, where you agree to either Rick or Gale, um, in turn, either escaping with your team and leaving Kirk, or escaping with Rick and Kirk, but Gale dies. Okay, cool. Do you then get a stat screen afterwards that on mine it also said um, it mentioned that Tom, who's your your kind of mole in the facility, it mentions that he dies, and it also mentions that Cooper dies, but it just it has that same thing of like Tom colon dead. Cooper colon missing or something, and I saw that. I was like, "Well, I wonder if there's an, if there's something else you can do." Like it, it kind of implies that maybe you could go and find Cooper or something. But then in the opening cutscene to the game, he's getting chased and he gets eaten by the T Rex. So surely there's not a you know any I think, any other resolution to that. I think it was just that the the, the other characters never bumped into him ever again, so mm. they, they just genuinely don't know. But I. I I think you have to assume he's dead. Oh yeah, if, for you, sure. if you've not heard anything from him, it's like, yeah, he definitely, he's definitely dead. Um, let's move on to some forum correspondence, um, summing up um, our contributors' thoughts on the game. Let's start with Alex seventy nine UK. Despite having played and replayed the older Resident Evil games many times over the years. I only ever played Dino Crisis once, relatively soon after it was released. It's a game I've always meant to come back to at some point, but because it's never seen any kind of official re-release in the UK, it's always seemed a bit of a hassle to play. When I noticed it was going to be covered for the show, I decided to make an effort. I played it on my Vita and I didn't find myself hampered whatsoever by the lack of the L and R2 buttons. I did, however, find myself hampered by the archaic control scheme. I've always been an advocate for tank controls, but this just felt stiffer than the Resi games ever did, although I'm sure my memory will be playing tricks on me there. Now, full disclosure, I didn't finish the game on this playthrough. I got about four hours in and decided I'd played enough to make an informed decision not to bother playing on. I definitely remember enjoying the game back in the day, but under the scrutiny of a modern eye, it's just a bit boring. The puzzles are even duller than the rote find crow key for crow door type ones found in the game's zombie-infested cousins. The items are just so generic and uninspiring. Code card D, ID card C, etc. Boring. 
The lack of variety in enemies, the terrible voice acting, the clunky controls, the dull environments. It seems like there's nothing to love about this game. Yet, I did actually enjoy what I played. Why? I literally have no idea. I just didn't feel the need to carry on when I have a backlog of so many more exciting and interesting games to get through. It's almost impossible to talk about this game without referencing and comparing it to Resident Evil, and that may have ultimately harmed the series, I guess. It will never stack up well to what is generally regarded as one of the biggest series in gaming history, but kudos to Capcom for trying something new, I guess. Simon Sloth says, This is not the game I remember. In my teenage mind, this was Jurassic Park meets Resident Evil. And with strict parents, the fact that it was dinosaurs rather than zombies meant I could add it to my Christmas list. I played it multiple times on release in the aim of unlocking everything. I got two out of the three endings, but never managed to get the third. In the process of going back, I rummaged through my old memory cards. I discovered two unofficial memory cards, which were corrupted, sadly. But my WWF Attitude branded card was still going strong. This held my original save game. On booting up my original PlayStation disc, I discovered I had everything unlocked, so I was blessed with infinite grenades. I did try to avoid using these at the beginning in order to preserve the experience, but by the end, I was using them exclusively just to get it done. It was not the fun game I remember. In fact, it was more of a chore. The Velociraptors were annoying rather than threatening. Laser barriers seemed like a good trick to box them in if they had been more of a threat. The sad truth is they could have been akin to a liquor in terms of menace, so a real missed opportunity. One of the best sequences is a chase across a metal walkway with the T-Rex right behind you. This was in the demo and probably sold many copies on its strength alone. However, this sequence is not representative of the rest of the experience, but perhaps it should have been. The game controls so badly, which in Resident Evil is acceptable as the enemies are slow and deliberate, but doesn't work when you have a, any sort of agility. Maybe a series of set pieces strung together would have been more playable. Despite all this, I ended up getting that third ending by accident, and a splash screen at the end that told me I had mad skills. It actually gave me the biggest smile after all these years, but was one of the very few things that made me happy about this game. This is probably questionable parenting, but I played some of it in front of my dinosaur-mad four-year-old son. He quite rightly pointed out that the Pterosinosaurus, one of the latter game enemies, is in fact not a carnivore. He was quite annoyed that they kept slashing you with their claws, and trying to eat you when they should have been slicing open fruit instead. This is a relatively recent change in theory since the game's original release, so not only has the gaming world changed a lot since Dino Crisis, but the dinosaurs have too. This is one fossil that I won't be digging up again in my lifetime, but if it ever crops up in conversation, I'll be sure to say I've got mad skills. Shinji said so. And uh, finally, Reprobate Gamer says, I can imagine the scene in a Capcom meeting room. This Biohazard game series is doing well. We've greenlit the third one. With Konami bringing in Silent Hill, what can we do to capitalise on this? Well, 
that Jurassic Park thing is doing okay. Whatever the origins, the story of how dinosaurs have ended up in modern day times and how the player character kick-ass protagonist is rather clunky. But the game works, and it worked very well upon release. The controls were familiar to anyone playing survival horror games in the late 90s, and the addition of moving while aiming helped to offset the maneuverability of the various dinosaur enemies replacing zombies and monsters. Voice acting was suitably cheesy, but the sound design was on point. The background graphics were well rendered, though plain for the most part. It's a secret base and you rarely go outside. The jungle surrounding the facility may as well not exist for its impact on the game itself. Rip Cooper. Military tactics and realism is again through the that quirky Japanese lens that doesn't quite properly reflect, but the point is to play hide and seek and kill with the raptors, so whatever. Regina was a great character and it was a nice touch to have her weapons alter in keeping with the BC 10,000 skin if you unlocked it. It remains a game that I'd love to see remade in the RE tradition and one that I really think Capcom went off the rails with. Uh, DC2 carried on the progression of survival horror to survival action games, dual wielding MP5s, and the series' sudden inexplicable and ill-advised leap into the future with Dino Crisis 3, leaving this series desperately needing of another entry. Thank you everyone who uh, contributed to the uh, podcast. You can send your thoughts and feelings on future issues um, over to the Canerince forum, canerince.com slash forum. Um, head over there and see if there is an upcoming issue that you want your thoughts talked about on. Um, let's go over to Twitter for our free word reviews. You can send your free word reviews to at Rinse. We send out a call out the day of recording. So if you're about and you see it, send us a little free word review. Uh, let's start with John. Um, uh, Tim Scott says slow as heck. Weaponized Funk says no Barry Burton. Eric Mickles says, Dinosaurs greater than symbol, zombies. Alex79UK, better than Torok. Uh, Danny Spiteri says, deserves a remake. The Tiege says, Rex and Regina, very good. <laughs> <laughs> and Immortan Jord says, next remake, please. Thank you everyone for your free word reviews. All that's left is to give our summaries on the game. I try to order this... Uh, in terms of uh, ne uh, most negative to most positive. I did put John um, as most negative, but I think he just sneakily moved himself um, uh, ahead of Charlotte. So I'll, I'll let you two hmm. uh, fight amongst yourselves about who is more negative or not, but let's lead with Charlotte anyway. I mean, I, I struggle to decide this as well because my first experience with Dino Crisis was very tense which is a good thing but tense to the point of I was struggling to play it um which is I know is silly but that's just the way I am with horror games I need to get used to them um but having said that like so I had difficulties the first time around and there was things I didn't enjoy and I found the puzzles quite tedious but something about it makes me want to go and replay it now on normal mode and not in a couple of years but pre preferably in the next month 
because I feel like it's got something that appeals to me in the same way as how I know that speedrunners keep going back to Resident Evil 2 and some people are so obsessive with that game that they'll like they have no problem playing the Chinese version and like getting different versions because they're faster and it's not just a speedrunning thing it's a Resident Evil 2 has infinite playability thing and I feel like Dino Crisis is not quite there but there is something in it that makes me want to experience it again um, and maybe unlock uh, more costumes. I've heard you can lo- unlock more costumes after you've beat it three times. Um, it's 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 not a great experience, I don't think. There's nothing super brilliant about it, but once you know all the secrets behind Dino Crisis, I feel like you can then start to have more fun with it. So I'm really looking forward to playing it again, and I would definitely recommend it. John? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I thought Charlotte was going to be much more negative based on previous conversation. Maybe I am worse than... You know, in a worse position than that. Um, I, I'm quite mixed on this. I, in a lot of ways, I really, really enjoyed it. And that's mostly just down to the fact that I've always had a soft spot for, for these very similar games. Um, but I had, I think the, the weird way that I had set up to play this didn't do any particular favours. And there are a couple of things that I'm more negative on than the rest of you, like the um, combining items or mixing mixing all the different um, sort of medication items, uh, which might, you know, maybe tip it a little bit down for me. But overall, I thought it was, it was um, a very still fun game to play 20 years later. And still, it, I mean, from a technological standpoint, it's clearly still miles ahead of um, the first Resident Evil game and probably the second one. Um, and I'm not quite sure where it sits sits up against uh, Nemesis now. Um, I'd like to see it uh, sort of return in a in a maybe more you know modern function or maybe try one of the other versions of it. I think I'm probably or almost certainly going to get hold of a PS3 and try it again and see if it looks and and controls any better um but overall there's not really anything negative negative i have to say about it it's just an old game on hardware that's not as easy to play as it used to be and it's been surpassed by sort of the rest of the genre and numerous other games from the same team um but i would i would definitely still go back to it and I would probably uh, encourage people to to give it a shot if they haven't played it before. So I I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I I love the Resident Evil series. Uh, that should be very obvious uh, by this point in the in the re- recording. Um, and I was fully expecting this to just be a pale imitation, and I don't think that's the case. I think Dino Crisis um, stands on its own two feet and establishes enough of a unique identity to, you know, claim claim some of the plaudits that um, many of the the greats of the survival horror series have have uh, garnered um i certainly uh, uh, you know as much as i respect the first silent hills narrative ambitions greatly um 
I found this much more fun to play than Silent Hill 1, um, uh, both in terms of dealing with enemies and just the navigation of environments. I don't think it's, um, as John said, um, I don't think it's quite as, you know, Resident Evil 2 on PS1, I think, is a masterpiece. I think it's it's as close to perfect as as one of these uh, these tank control y survival horror games can be. Um, Resident Evil 3 also, I think, is just uh, may, maybe not quite, you know, on that level, but it's still like, just a really strong game. And Nemesis casts quite a long and thick shadow um, uh, over that game. Um, and there's nothing quite as iconic as, you know, the Lickers and 2. Mr. X or Nemesis or anything like that in uh, in Dino Crisis, and a lot of the things that are maybe iconic, like the Velociraptors, it's borrowed heavily from other media. the The Velociraptors here are the Velociraptors in the Jurassic Park series. Um, so I I end up being really really positive on this title. I I re- I do genuinely recommend it, especially if you are a fan of the genre. I think it holds up pretty well um, in a lot of areas. It has aged, but it's 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 not a game that I totally love. Um, it I had a really fun time with it, um, and I enjoyed it. But um, I'm not sure I'm going to dive straight back into a replay anytime soon. Um, Maria, yeah. So overall, I found Dino Crisis very enjoyable. And it's not a game to be taken too seriously, especially with all the uh, cringy voice acting and, you know, stereotypical action movie tropes. So I think as long as you're a classic survival horror th- fan, you'll find that this game especially is very unique with its setting um, and with its use of dinosaurs. I mean, what other survival horror game has dinosaurs as the main enemy? So yeah, I definitely recommend this game. Um, and a remake is well-deserved. Thank you um, to John, Charlotte, and Maria for joining me on this recording, and uh, thank you, Jay, for editing, Um, and thank you to all of our correspondents and free-word reviewers. Um, If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, review on your podcast app of choice, but especially if you're on iTunes, because that really, really helps. Um, head over to our Patreon if you feel like giving something back, patreon.com slash Rince. Um, you will get access to Rince podcasts, including this one earlier, and also sometimes a little bit extended if we go beyond the uh, two-hour uh, time limit. So yeah, we're, we're going to make like a tree and get out of here. But uh, next time in issue 377... Um, I hope you don't fear the Reaper. It's Prey 2006. We're covering Prey 2006. I haven't played the game. I don't know much about it. John just told me to say uh, don't fear the Reaper or something like that. Anyway, here's some music. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.